several years ago, I found myself on a platform mm-hmm. uh, talking to some third world journalists mm-hmm. at, a, uh, at a conference called by the made by the BBC. The BBC invites people over here to part of their, their training. They come here mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in, in South London. And on the platform next to me, I won't go through it all. There okay. was there, there was there were four people on the platform. I was one of them. Right. Another one of the people on the platform was a man called Boris Johnson. First time I'd met him. Right. On my way back to London, I was standing on the platform of the train to come back to Waterloo, where we were, and okay. Boris came up to me. Right. And he said, "You know, to get, you know, in there, I don't understand why they why they were barracking me when I said that colonialism hadn't been all just all a bad thing." Boris, what did you say? And he said to me, I, I mean, I'm not playing games here. Right. Uh, he said to me, take Africa, for example. There was nothing going on there. I mean, it was, it was effectively stuck, you know, it was kind of going round and round in circles. Uh, uh, but, but for the fact that uh, a colonialism came in and, and shook it up. I didn't punch him in the face. I didn't fight him. I didn't kick him. But I thought, how do I go high on this man? So hello and welcome to the Still We Rise podcast series. I'm your host, Nathan. Today we're joined by Colin Prescott, who is the chair of the Institute of Race Relations. Colin is, amongst other things, a sociologist, an academic, a theatre maker, um, a, once a commissioning editor of the BBC, and is a member of the editorial working committee of the International Journal for race and class. So, Colin, welcome. Welcome, Nathan. Um, th- thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're meeting this morning on after the Duchess and the Duke of Sussex brought race to the core with some allegations, some very serious allegations about a member of the royal family expressing some concern about the skin tone of their child um, i just wanted to know what you what you thought about that as the chair of of the institute of race relations if this is conversational let me go there for you nathan hmm. uh but I, when I, I i hear all the fuss being made i saw meg and I, I looked at the program last night with oprah winfrey on my television mm-hmm. um and do you know what i think thought of first as, as megan and harry were expressing their surprise and 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 we're all supposed to be shocked at the fact that somebody's saying, "What color is the baby going to be?" Actually, mm. it's an ordinary question that people ask across uh, when you when you do that. What are they going to look like? You know, yeah. if you have somebody who's Chinese and someone who's Indian, they don't ask the same question. Yeah. What about the color? But what's the child going to look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily with a panic. The point is that what's left out of the way that Meghan and Harry talk about this thing is the sense of um, uh, they they have they know what's underneath the question. This is not just just an innocent. It's going to look like you. It's going to look like me. Uh, mm. This is a, and the, what it took me to was a story that I read in the paper. I wish I could remember the name. Just last week in the paper about a woman, a British woman who'd started off as a child, born here, started mm. here, loved dancing, went to ballet school, um, came out and 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 tried to get into the, into the into the top national ballet. Uh, company in in the country, right. and she had to face at a young age. She quite young. She was told, "Not for you," because what's the line going to look like? Ballet, mm. classical ballet, gets yeah. presented in a certain kind of way. It's a white look. 
Yeah? Right. It's an all-white look, so to speak. And she was bait, and she got to find that out. She had to swallow the, her spit. Uh, she took off for the USA, where she knew there were some people doing some black, starting some black ballet schools. Mm -hmm. She got into the best ballet, black ballet company there. Uh, she did very well. Eventually came back, danced on the stage that she wasn't being allowed, wouldn't have been allowed to dance at when she was a young girl. Mm -hmm. And in all of that, you say, oh, what a pity. And also, but actually, you've got to understand something here. And some of these mornings are saying that. Mm -hmm. British royal family is a British royal family. Yeah. It's very white. It's very European. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, that's this tradition. People, that's how people accept it. Uh, and, uh, um, even when, uh, then I, I don't want to be really talking about this, but we'll come back. I mean, there's a point to talking about this, it seems to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so no shocks, Yes. Everybody knew when Meghan, before they got married, it was clear that oh, there's going to be a black princess. This is something else. This can reach out. All the rest of it. I heard David Olusoga this morning on the on the radio saying uh, we presented ourselves as something on the big screen, and then we couldn't live up to it. In a sense, that's the size of it. Right. However, this I you know I don't want to be going on about makes it and poor Meg and and uh, and and how the the, royal, the, the, the traps the royal family are in. Um, because when you hear Meghan and Harry talking about their experience, trying to, to analyze it, mm -hmm. the term that they introduce is something I've called um, unconscious bias. Yes, they think mm -hmm. they want to wake up. They want to wake up all these people around them to the fact that they're, they're all expressing or showing unconscious bias. Uh, that's such a silly phrase in a country. You, you don't believe it in it. In a, in a country view. in which racism is sewn in to the fabric of how it made itself grace, great. In a, in, a, in a society in which uh, racialized imperialism is at the core of how the, the country's made itself great, of how it thinks of itself as being great. And then you want, and then, and then you're surprised that there's racism systematically sewn into everything? No, no surprises. And in fact, I don't want to talk about the racism. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I mean, I, I, I refuse to talk about the racism as, as unconscious bias, as they call it, as Harry and Meghan have experienced it. Um, when they don't realize that actually that's like, that's like really the sweet cream, yes? To mm -hmm. use a silly image, a surrealist image, the sweet cream on the top of the cake of British racism, you know? Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about racism, you want to have a chat about racism. So where is racism today, Colin, you say, given that Megan's saying this? Well, you know where you find it? Check out what's going on to all the young black people in the working class in this country mm -hmm. who are being... Uh, um, excluded in schools, mm -hmm. who are being disappointed by schools, who are coming out and not finding the possibility of making jobs for themselves in this society, who are then finding themselves driven into, into the crevices and cul-de-sacs of survival where they're easily criminalized, mm -hmm. who then finish up, you know, people talk these days about a, 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 a prison, um, a, 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 a pruse to, to prisons pipeline. Pruse are the special schools that you put pe pe people in when they're not supposed to be able to be educable in the ordinary school classes. Mm -hmm. I have such a long memory, I'm now 76, I have such a long memory. Yeah. But I remember when uh, the British state, mm -hmm. in its statutory educational system, mm -hmm. invented a title uh, of, of um, educationally subnormal to describe the West Indian children, these are the children of people who came with the what's now being called the Windrush. You want to get around talking about it, we'll talk about that soon. Yes, yeah, the yeah. children of the people who are these days called the Windrush 
generation people who came in. Yeah. Their children, when they began, to, as soon as they began to be born here and grow up here, this is back in the 60s and 70s we're talking about now, yeah. it was discovered that they were having a horrible time in the schools. Uh, and the hard time they were having added up to them being treated as though because of the, something about their accent or the way they preferred to behave or something, it was thought that they weren't really available to being educated as normally as the normal other kids were. And so a category, a notion of being educationally subnormal was invented. And schools, this, this, is, this is not me making it up in my head, written down, yes? Mm -hmm. School, the policies talked about educationally subnormal children. That's extraordinary. And these kids were put in those places. This is an old story. A man called, look up the writings by a guy called Bernard Cord, um, yeah. uh, who wrote a, the, the first little text, pamphlet text on this, all the way back in those days. Yeah? Yeah. So when you're talking about racism, if you, want, if you want to take me to where Meghan is and where Harry is, when there are tens of thousands of people, generation after generation, mm -hmm. who've been living in this culture, Mm -hmm. trying to survive in this culture, putting up with insult, putting up with contempt, putting up with the brutalization of their lives, putting up with the spoiling of their lives. And for each one that you get, for each one child, girl or boy, that gets caught up in being excluded in the school system mm -hmm. and gets caught up in being pushed into, into gray areas so that they, 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 they and, then, and then treated by the police or the, or the law courts in certain kinds of ways, so they begin to have careers, Mm -hmm. quotes, criminalized careers in, mm -hmm. in, in their lives. This follows them, and it follows their family, mm -hmm. and it follows them until the next generation. Mm -hmm. This is the size of what we're talking about when we talk about racism. It's not about unconscious bias. So, so Colin, is, is there an, an institutional ignorance that exists as Wendy Williams in her Windrush Lessons Learned review states? She thinks that there is an institutional ignorance there. And that there is some education required. Is that you, is that position? What do you think? Make of that what, position? I, sorry, I need to understand what you understand when you when you say she's but an institutional ignorance. I don't know what that is. What 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 was it? What's it pointing at? Do you think? Well, she. I think she's reluctant to say that there is racism. Um, I'm not sure where that where that reluctance stems from. I can't do the ignorance bit. I can't do ignorance about racism now. Right. I think uh, we've been. I've been. I've been living here for generations and generations. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was born into a colony. Yes, uh, yeah. in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. I came here when I was about thirteen. I came from a colony uh, to this country. Uh, the country from which I came, the islands from which I came, mm -hmm. since um, struck out for independence from, from, from direct colonialism, colonial rule and so on. Uh, so all my life I've been aware of the fact that because at the core of all the objections, all the struggles that were made by my mother's generation back there, mm -hmm. made by my mother's generation here, mm -hmm. uh, made by me coming through, the, all of it is the, is the pointing out of the fact that something of racism is, is finishing up with having an oppressive effect on the lives that we live. Right. This has been in and out. It's hard to imagine that anybody can be ignorant of it. You can turn your back on it. You can belittle it. You can do what is being done by members of the government right now, Boris Johnson's government right now, mm -hmm. which is to say, yeah, they, that's what they call it. But it's a, it's a misperception. It's only a perception and it's a misperception. Okay? Mm -hmm. So what I say, what we say, mm -hmm. what 
they say, the people I'm talking about say, is apparently dismissible. Dismissible. This is not an ignorance. It is being dismissed as uh, a people people talking about perceptions. You look at the spokespeople coming out of the present of, of uh, Boris's government. All the people who are talking stuff. I don't even have to name names. The pieces have been out there all the time. They are every day doing this kind of stuff. Pretty Patel, head of the Home Office, decides that Black Lives Matter demonstrations are dreadful. Dreadful. This is ignorance. This isn't ignorance. So I can't go there. I mean, I know that Wendy did a great job. She's done, but actually, this is why I say I want to question the terms before I, before I enter into talking about about them too simply. Right, Colin, you you won't, you don't want to go there. But what's what's the remedy? Because the the way that the British state is built is built through a whole load of precedent and a lot of legislation. So there's discrimination built into that legislation. How then do we reform and remedy the experiences of, of black and minority ethnic people, given, given the structure? Uh, the answer is like it's about um, elephants and needles or something. It's with difficulty. <laughs> right. How do you address it? With difficulty. Because mm. it is clearly deep and profound. Nathan, you're asking, because we're doing this conversationally, Mm. Uh, you're, you're asking me to be pretentious in a way. We can't. I, can't I, I don't want you to be no, pretentious, no, 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 Colin. No, no, I, I, I just no, no, want no. you to speak your mind freely, and I'm, I want I'm to just, hear what you really think about how I'm, this gets dismantled. I'm just suggesting that if I launch into answering your question as though you know, oh, just we can knock that off. You know, oh, yeah. Like we do this, we do that. I'd, I'd be, I'd be being naive. I'd be acting. I'd be, I'd be speaking as a fool. Yeah. Yes. Because okay. the size of the thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The size of the thing is evidently huge. Yes? Right. It, is, it is profoundly deep stuff. Okay? Uh, at the core of it, we have to talk, for example, it is very evident that race, made-up concept, racism, which is race weaponized, mm-hmm. yes, uh, uh, belongs inside of a political, political economy that has been emerging for centuries. Right. Yes. Race is part and parcel of a system of that, that, that very effectively exploits globally. Yeah. Okay. Goes back that far. So we're talking political economy. We're talking about uh, how race is connected to. It's not just just addressing race won't do it. You have to address class. So it's it's, it's these labels. Property. These are huge things. This is why I say I, I don't want to I don't want to be pretentious in this conversation with you. You know, we we ask us. So, so what do we do? Well, you can we uh, we start we start. It seems to me with the issues, yes, with how it actually comes to us, and we work away at it. We see what do we do to right this wrong that is in front of us, mm-hmm. and in that way we begin to discover. This is what leads us to discovery. Actually, it's broader and deeper than we thought. In order to do something about. Here's a man. Not to do something about. He's on my desk. Happens to be here. His name is Ponampalam Jothibala. He's 69 years. He's a Sri Lankan Tamil mm-hmm. who's been here for more than 30 years. Yeah. This is this is this week's newspaper. Yeah, he's been mm-hmm. here for more than 30 years. Uh, he came to study to be an accountant. Mm-hmm. Things went a bit wrong. He was caught up in an arson attack. His life went a bit wrong. He's been having renewed uh, um, 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 uh, permissions to stay um, since 1960. Three or, 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 or no, no, so it's 1983, sorry, 83 mm-hmm. when, he, when he came here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, and the state, the Home Office, is at the moment trying to kick him out of the country. Having been here for 30 out. years. I mean, that's, that's remarkable. But, but so, so my, my point is that if I start with this, with, you start with that issue, or you start with the Windrush cases, what is going on here? And you ask the question. This is what leads you to, disco to discovering the institutionalized settings of what's going on, the systematic stuff that's going on. The Windrush scandal, people. I know I'm jumping now, but it's, mm. the, the points are related. The Windrush scandal, as it's called, yes, is something that strikes people of my mother's generation. And I guess even me. I came here when I was 13 at the time of what they're calling the Windrush arrivals. It's just, you know, I, don't, I, hate, I, hate, I hate simplifying it in this kind of way. Yeah. Um, and I've been here ever since. Um, uh, <laughs> so let's let's go back so we can go forward. Um, has the the British state failed to shed its colonial practices completely? And are those so embedded in the system up to twenty twenty one? Of course, because it's not convinced that the stuff that was laid down with colonialism is all bad stuff. Mm. Yes, we don't think the, the Commonwealth exists. Commonwealth continues to exist. The monarchs ahead of the of the of the of the, of the Commonwealth setup, and that's a continuity mm -hmm. from Great British Empire days. So we're saying um, it, it, the best that you can get out of things. It, it wasn't all bad, you know. Mm. And since it wasn't all bad, we must be careful not to throw out the baby with the bathwater or whatever the whatever silly metaphor one wants to use for this kind of stuff. So uh, to ask the question, we can't ask the. You and I can't talk about this question innocently. You know, have, mm. has, has, the, has Britain failed to toss off its colonial, colonial past or its colonial trappings? Of course it has failed to do so. Mm. Because, and it, the, the, those who defend it would say, because we're not convinced that it was all bad. Mm. Between you and me, mm -hmm. and I will risk being taken to court. Yeah. Between you and me, um, several years ago, I found myself on a platform uh, talking to some third world journalists mm -hmm. at, a, uh, at a conference called by the made by the BBC. The BBC invites people over here to part of their, their training. They come here mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in, in South London, and on the platform next to me, I won't go through it all. There okay. was there, there was there were four people on the platform. I was one of them. Right. Another one of the people on the platform was a man called Boris Johnson. First time I'd met him. Right. In the audience of hundreds of of, uh, of journalists, third world journalists, in the mm -hmm. at some point. They um they they kind of they they heard things that Boris was saying and they said come on and at the end of the whole thing let me get to the end of my story the end of the whole thing on my way back to London I was standing on the platform of the train to come back to Waterloo where we were and okay. Boris came up to me right. and he said you know to get, you know in there I don't understand why they why they were barracking me when I said that colonialism hadn't been all just all a bad thing hmm. and I said in there. I was being well-behaved for those people. I'd hear the gloves are off, Boris. What did you say? Hmm. And he said to me, I, I mean, I'm not playing games here. Right. Uh, he said to me, take Africa, for example. There was nothing going on there. I mean, it was, it was effectively stuck, you know, it was kind of going round and round in circles. Uh, uh, but, but for the fact that uh, uh, colonialism came in and, and shook it up into modernity. Right. I didn't punch him in the face. I didn't fight him. I didn't kick him. But I thought, how do I go high on this man? Hmm. And I tried an intellectual trick. You know, he sees himself as an intellectual. Yeah. I said, Boris, have you ever heard of the Orisha? Hmm. 
She said, no. And she said, well, I said, it's spelled R-I-S-H-A, but other, other spellings. She said, no. I said, but you have heard, haven't you, of voodoo in um, Haiti? Yeah. Uh, you might have heard of uh, Candomblé in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've heard of Shango uh, and Obia in, uh, in, the, in the Eastern Caribbean, Trinidad and so on. Mm-hmm. And I went to Louisiana, I went around, I said, all of these things are evidence of a really quite sophisticated philosophical theological system that comes out of West Africa. Mm-hmm. It is as respectable as any of the other philosophical systems that you find in any of the, the great cultures you know, ab- about, about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before I could get any further, Boris stopped me speaking and he said, where were you educated? Oh dear. Um, and then we took off into something else. Uh, and we, and we, came out, we came out, the train came, we came out at, uh, at, uh, at Waterloo Station and, uh, and I, I got off and I said bye-bye. And he said, he said what did you th- say that thing was called? And I said it again, and I spelt it for him. Now, the point is, mm-hmm. I'm going back to my original, that Boris Johnson, well-educated, Eton, mm-hmm. Oxford, all the rest of it, exposed to all this stuff, you can't tell me that he is ignorant of no. what actually went down in the history, and ignorant enough to say to me, colonialism wasn't all a bad thing, as though that gets rid <laughs> of my perception that racism persists in some kind of way. I'm sorry, this is a racy conversation. I knew I was going to finish up being pretentious. These are, these are big matters. You know, yeah. it can begin with Mexit, as they're, call, as they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I want to, to understand what's going on with Mexit. Mm-hmm. This is not just a, a, a little a, 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 a fight between Harry and his dad, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or whatever else it is. This is something which is actually, it's sewn into, into what it is, into Britishness. Yes, um, how it goes, uh, mm-hmm. and for us to, and it's and it's hard to think of how, what one, how one removes it in some kind of way. We fight it, battle by battle, issue by issue, insult by insult, contemptuous behavior, you know, uh, in that kind of way. Uh, but the, we realize the more we scrape, we realize more and more. It's a, it's actually a profound thing. So we need to think in really huge fulsome ways if we're going to do something about this. Before that, uh, at the level at which you and I are talking, we mm. confront the issue, issue by issue. Um, and if we, and if we can get some, 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 some purchase, we might turn that issue into a campaign for mm. something about a death in custody, about what's happening to kids in schools. And if we can get that really moving uh, and connect with other people, we might get it into something that looks like a movement, get something that feels like the moment of Black Lives Matter, uh, mm-hmm. the, the moment that we had a little while ago. And at that point, you realize how many how many parts of everywhere are shaking up as a consequence. Mm-hmm. It's not just the police. It's not just education. It's not just the prisons. And it certainly isn't just the monarchy. Um, uh, it is, yes? It's everything. Yes. Usually, when I'm asked to, to talk about these matters, I'd say I wouldn't start there. Right. I wouldn't start to talk about racism from Meghan and Harry. Mm. <laughs> yes? I, I would start from, from the big stuff, the grounded stuff. Mm. Huh? And then we understand why. But of course, that's Meghan's experience when she, when she, when she does, has her particular adventure um, in, in life. Yeah? 
I, I, I would start the other end. I start the other end. What happens to the masses? And I talk about the racism that kills, as my Appa Sivanandan would say. Yeah. The racism that, that discriminates, mm -hmm. that, that uh, calls names. And there's a racism that kills, that distorts lives. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a very, very difficult conversation to have. Yes. Um, so where do we go from here? Because it, it seems to me from everything that you're saying is that discrimination and not being seen as equals is at the core of how the state operates. And how, how do we go around that? Because what you then have is you have people who arrived here um, from as early as 1948 from, from the West Indies. Um, arriving here as British citizens, finding themselves in a position where they are being deported. And this is all state-sanctioned. So how do we remedy that? Because that, that can't be right. It can't be right that British nationals get detained or removed from their jobs, are denied health care, and then sent back to a country that they don't know. Or that they've forgotten about. Yes, and the only way to fight it is the long, hard way. We don't. We don't have. We don't have any easy traditions of making revolutions to change societies. Here, yeah. uh, it seems to me not. 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 Uh, there. Are, there are movements. There are. There are books. There are chats about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we grapple it. I repeat, case by case, mm -hmm. and as the cases accumulate. They may add up to something that means that, that the people see clearly. It's time. I'm, I'm, when Black Lives Matter hit the other day, uh, I was guilty of making a grand phrase saying something like, well, you know, the moment for doing racial awareness is over now. Mm. Yes. Nobody, can, you know, nobody can say that they're not aware of the fact that there is racism mm -hmm. and that it has these kinds of effects. It's over. And so the next step must be to start talking about, so what do we do? Your question. What kinds of change actions do we set? Do we set going so that we have the possibility of moving beyond this moment that we're in? Yeah. So, so Wendy Williams, in her in her lesson learned review, the Windrush lesson learned review, has a has some recommendations on, and I I want to take you through some of these, and okay. just so we can see where whether you think these will have any impact at all. So she says in order to, to right the wrongs of the past, um, the government needs to publish a comprehensive improvement plan. So I, I want to ask you about the Home Office, its construction and the way that it's currently constituted with, with Pretty Patel at its helm. Do you have any hope that any sort of review can be comprehensive enough to bring about the change that's required? Not under Pretty Patel, under somebody else. I mean, some some other people might might take charge of that position and set up something that looked as though it had some hope. But she she declares from the start hmm. that she's not interested in changing the system that exists fundamentally. She declares mm -hmm. that people who are making these noises so loudly about racism and how unfair it is are doing something which is dreadful. So how can I? How, you're asking me a trick question, Nathan. How can I possibly be saying, yes, I have hope under Pretty Patel that the Home Office can transform itself? Hmm. No. That's easy. Okay. 
Um, she speaks of <laughs> Wendy Williams speaks of 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 running community events of to educate the general public and to start teaching history, an accurate history of what colonialism did. Do you think yeah. that this is possible and that brings about any change at all? Well, it's it's a backup. It's it's stuff that has to accompany any moment of change. You're quite right. I mean, mm. I, I listen. Wendy Williams is not is not stupid. Yeah. Clearly not stupid. Yes. So she's all the things she mentions are related mm-hmm. to the to the to the issue that she's facing into. They're all properly related. Yes, to the yeah. issues. The point is whether she's not. I don't think she's just any one of these things will sort it. Mm. These things have to accompany each other in the context of a society in which there has been a declared commitment to transform the ways in which we relate to each other, to transform social relations, to transform power relations in the society. You know, we talk very easily about this. People in the olden days, they used to have to, I mean, people, people in, 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 in West Africa uh, fighting against colonialism, mm-hmm. um, uh, for example, uh, had to face these big questions. What do we do to take charge of our lives? And they continue to be asking those questions. At the first level, it's get this white, awful, racist structure off our backs. At the next level is how do we have control of the political economy of our lives, of the resources, of the education of our people, so that we make better decisions. And everybody recognizes this, that this is the challenge. I, I, I don't know. How, I, I'm running out of ways to... to to pretend that I can talk about this in this forum and, and make it make sense, you know, in, in our conversation. We can only touch on these matters. This is right. serious stuff. It requires a commitment. It, would re- it requires a galvanizing a commitment for social change um, mm. that doesn't exist amongst the people who run out, who govern us at the moment. So I do, I do wonder, given you say that, Colin, there's, there's recommendations about having a race board where you ha- you'd have a seat at the table if if you were invited to to such such a board, is that something that you'd consider taking up so your views could be heard and that you could frame the See, change even, that happens? Even even that that form of language, a, a race board, mm. already tells me what direction from which that instruction is coming, that notion is coming. Yes. If mm. on the other hand you talked about um, a people's tribunal mm-hmm. or something that starts on the ground where people are talking about governing themselves, yes, locally mm-hmm. and, of course, nationally. If you started that and I said, yeah, I'm, I, I'd be into being part of, of, a, of forums that, that were talking in that kind of way. But if it's a board that's being set up by the very institu- organizations, institutions, people that I have no trust in because they've exposed themselves already as not being truly interested in transformation, why would I want to be joining their board? Hmm. Yeah, no, that 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 speaks for itself, doesn't it? Well, there's there's also a recommendation about a migrants commissioner. That that person seems to me to be quite independent. How about that? Do you think that that would would have any impact at all? Listen, listen I, I I have to say it would have an impact, but it wouldn't have the kind of impact that that you are that you are really asking me about. Hmm. Yeah. Of course, it would have it. It has the possibility of having an impact. It could have certain kinds of conversations can happen um, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But as I say to you, mm-hmm. I'm be- I think I'm beyond the moment of looking, of thinking that racism awareness, because all these things that, you know, 
my a, 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 a migrant commissioner, uh, a race something board. These are these are all, if you like, moves around the notion of making people more aware of the fact that there is racism, um, how it how it has impacts and so on. Uh, I don't think that I need to that we that that I'm that I'm into racism awareness training mm. for anybody, um, <laughs> because we know that there's racism. We live with the effects. There are hundreds of thousands of people who every day can show you the effects, who talk about it. We've been through decades and decades of exposing this kind of stuff. So it seems to me, I will think that people are being serious, that, that we're getting to be serious when we start talking about uh, change actions, actions that are part of the change that we, that, we, that we accept has to happen. And there's some fundamental stuff that has to happen. And it's big. It's huge. It is about race and it's about class. It's about political economy. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I suppose in in light of the the Trump the Trump administration and the Trumpian language and the Farage type of language, do you think in some ways we've gone back, and that this this fight has just actually become far more difficult? Yeah. What it makes you think is that we hadn't actually gone forward. Hmm. <laughs> If you really want to be serious, I think, think, yeah, you, I mean, you, you just call that thing. So I think this conversation is taking me out of my depth now. Think of, of how uh, um, seduced we were into thinking that, oh, there's a, there's a, there's an easy straight road to where we're going when, uh, when Barack Obama was, uh, was, was, was elected. elected president. Yeah. People like me, old farts like me who belong to old times said, excuse me, he has been elected to be the president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. The United States of America survives. It's, 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 uh, it's at the top of the imperialist systems that, are, that run the world. He is bound to be compromised by the fact that he's president of the United States of America. That was the first bit. That's me in the first bit. But there are others who thought, well, at least it means that, that um, there'll be, there might be black people around the table, feet under the table, making the decisions. And since they have good hearts, and they, they know they will be changing things. That's the, that's the hope. We can, we can get into the system in order to change it. That's a, you know, that, that one, one can say that. Uh, mm-hmm. But in truth, from the time back Obama himself got in, he realized that he was going to be hamstrung. Mm-hmm. Because he had to be president of the United States of America, and because he knew as well that there were lots of people around who didn't want people who looked like him, might talk like him, uh, actually having holding the power. Uh, you don't understand the rise of Trump unless you understand the compromised the compromise that, that uh, Barack Obama uh, exposed in that in that culture. Mm. So I, I it does make me wonder, Colin, that in in the end, do you think that essentially at its core, this is really about the way that the capitalist system works? It's as though yes. it's a it's a deliberate act of securing the provision of um, racialized cheap labor. Nathan, you and I, you, you, you're doing this job, you know. So mm-hmm. we have to speak as though we're we're just for the first time coming across this 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 way of thinking about what's going on. Actually, we'd be stupid if we didn't know. This is how it was set up. Yeah. This is how. The societies, the systems, the institutions that we're doing battle with now for mm. justice and 
rights and all the rest of it. This is how they were set up. Mm-hmm. This is their history of being established. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this conversation, I used the grand term with you, racialized imperialism. Yeah. This is how it was set up. And nothing has happened to say, let's abandon that notion. In fact, there's a kind of mishmash. We hope that we can take off some of the cruder bits, rub off some of the the the, the, the rougher edges of some of these things that were that, that that were part of the founding of the systems that we still exist in, uh, and we can get on to it better. Um, uh, this is old stuff. Yes, mm. this is old, old, old stuff, um, and it is and it is very demanding. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I even even in the places, I mean, I, I, in a way, to talk here, mm-hmm. I have to go through talking about monarchies and so on. To talk about where I come from, say the Caribbean or the colonies, mm-hmm. or to talk about where your 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 people will have come from mm-hmm. uh, in the in the continental Africa, whatever else it is, mm-hmm. is to is to see the stuff writ large. Hmm? I mean, if, if I were to talk about the questions you were asking about, I say let's let's start the other end in another place. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what faced Kwame Nkrumah. Mm. In Ghana, mm-hmm. let's look at what faces the people who set up supposed to be governments of independent nations mm-hmm. in the in the in the African continent, for example. Mm-hmm. Let's see how easily compromised they are, so that in fact we talk about neo-colonialism as the new imperialism. Mm-hmm. Let's see how easily compromised people who thought that they were getting into positions might have thought to govern themselves in their own interests and so on find themselves doing a bit locally, but actually over, over-determined by the grand systems of finance capital mm-hmm. and the political systems that exist in the world. And that is where you begin to cut to cut. So how do we change this thing? How does one organize? As you will know, in the African continent now, this is a mm. wide-ranging conversation. I mm. knew I was going to finish up being pretentious. In the African continent now, one of the, the conversations people are having for a long time grand philosophy is about the, the notions of an African renaissance. Yeah. That asks the question, can Africans in their all their variety mm-hmm. about the continent mm-hmm. find a way to regain their own definition of making history? Because mm-hmm. they used to have one. Yeah. They used to have several years. They used to have them. Uh, how is that to happen? Given that they're now coming out of an awful period, hundreds of years of oppression and distortion and into a system where some of the the, the the grand structures that pulled them into this into this into this history uh, haven't been beaten down. Mm-hmm. They've sophisticated themselves. They changed the ways in which they function. So the question of an African Renaissance has to do with all that. It's not just how do we think about ourselves, you know, how do, how do we get our languages back? Uh, how do we how do we uh, reteach our own history? It's actually it's bigger than that, and it's it's it's, it's almost one might say it's an imponderable. And the only way that I can get to it, not feeling pretentious, is to say, well, I start in the place where I am. Mm-hmm. Start where we are, about the things that are not right here. Ask those questions. Push for the change. See how much further we have to push in order to make changes that last and that, are, that, that mean something. Uh, in that way, we discover the size of the monster that we're, that we're, that we're facing into. It. Um, to start the other end, uh, so, you know, as though I have the, 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 the ability to start revolutions, a revolutionary movement in some kind of way, is to make me feel pretentious. Mm. Do you have any hope about um, I have post- hope that we, can, that we make struggle. Mm. That's it. 
because we we do we don't just lie down where yeah. everywhere we look there's resistance it's not it's not always coherent and so on but we we resist being humiliated we mm. resist being treated with contempt yes we resist being made hopeless mm. uh, and that is where and that's that's where that's where my my hope is yes not my hope that tomorrow we can have a revolution or that tomorrow we can get rid of all this horrible uh, confusion and oppression but my hope is in that we that we that we remember we know we 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 have the right and the mm. will and the imagination and the courage to make struggle mm. you spoke Colin about about the african renaissance um i do wonder and this might you might find this a, a difficult question but it's some it's one that we have to grapple with do you think that in the way that African states were granted into independence by by Britain and the rest of these former colonies, um, they essentially got away with a lot of stuff. They got away with a lot of stuff, and in, in the way that Nelson Mandela sort of said, "Yes, you know, we'll have this truth and reconciliation." Should should the African presidents? Um, have opted for what what the Jew, what the Jews have done, where they had the Nuremberg trials. They got justice from that. There's never ever been any justice for any of the crimes that were committed during colonialism. Do you think that that forms largely why this this discrimination persists? Because there hasn't been a reckoning. That conversation. That's possible, yes, not possible. That is, that is certainly a part of it. But just, <laughs> here's an interesting thing. Mm. Um, you, the people who've taken... Nathan, you know all the things I'm talking about and you know the size of them. Mm. Here's one of them. You get independence across the African continent. Mm. Independence is granted to people to live in nations which they had not formed organically themselves in the first place. Mm. The demarcations of Nigeria, mm -hmm. the demarcations of Ghana, yeah. the demarcations of South Africa and Mozambique and so on, mm -hmm. were things which were framed by the very imperialists mm -hmm. uh, come the end of the 19th century. They mm -hmm. met in places like Brussels and Berlin and so on amongst themselves, and they decided how they were going to divide up that continent. Yeah. Then they went in and they put down the lines. Mm -hmm. They drew the lines and they set up those units. They cut across the organic units that Africans had been, been making and living in themselves. It is those things that we that we that that we, that the, the the governments take charge of. Those false boxes, yes, mm -hmm. uh, which themselves do violence to the organic nature of how people have been living, making their histories inside of that continent. This is what they're trying to make work. There is talk of African unity, yes, of a, of an, of a, of a big African unity and, and a rethink, but actually we're required to rethink that too, mm. to think about that too. What are the boxes that we're living in? What are the units that we're living in? What makes them coherent? Mm. Uh, so I repeat, I know that you know more than I know about <laughs> all this. 
<laughs> so, uh, but but because we've decided to do this conversationally, yeah. <laughs> um, we're wandering around on these these terrains and touching on them. Anybody listening to this, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed already. Anybody listening to this will think, who do these guys think they are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's why I used the term earlier on. I don't want to be wandering into pretentious conversations. But we have to have conversations. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. Now, so in, in conclusion, Colin, and it's been a, a really fascinating conversation with you. Uh, Post-Brexit, do we need a new migration settlement? And what is the prospect of one coming? A new migration settlement. Hmm. The British state recognizes that it, it requires labor. Um, that labor won't be coming from Europe in the form that it has come in the last decade and a half. Um, do you think that that brings us closer to some form of equality? Because no, it, people just from brings, the... us, it brings us closer to more migration with migrants having uh, uh, half rights, no rights, uh, fragile rights. Okay. And that's how the system works. But this, this, this how the system that we exist in is set up to function. It deals with having masses of people at the bottom with next to no rights, super exploited. It lives with that, and it and it and it has changed. It has changed the the kinds of people who who hold those positions from 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 time. So. I forget where this response to your question takes me. Mm. So you you don't think anything will change. You just think that the system just recycles. Do you know, I think things are changing all the time, but they're not changing fundamentally and they're not changing fast fundamentally. <laughs> mm. Okay, Things are changing all the time in the sense of adjustments being made. Yeah. Huh? But if you look at the way in which, in which things sit in, what are we looking at? What are we doing with a monarchy? Mm. What are we doing with aristocrats who continue to, to stomp about and lord it over, over the nation and with masses of us who are so authoritarianized that we treat them as though they yeah, they, they, have, they have a right to be our rulers in turning and stuff. Mm. This is an odd conversation. Yeah, I'm, no, not sure, I'm not sure that we should be allowed to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's essential. I think it's central that we have these type of conversations and that and that our audience uh, make of it what they will. And I hope that from from everything that we've discussed today, Colin, that some people will will go and reflect on what kind of country we live in. Well, I hope so. And so, which would mean that they wouldn't listen to all the fluff that I've been talking, but actually just connect to the more, uh, to the more fundamental things that I've been trying to point at. I don't have answers. I have things that I, I, I have ways I think of, 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 of asking questions. Where do we start to think about these things? How do we start to think about these things? Because if we start in the wrong place, we'll start, you know, that, then, then we don't, we don't, we, we haven't got a hope of getting anywhere. To be quite honest. Right. No, it's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Colin, about, about race and in Britain in 2021.
so thank you for listening to this episode of Still We Rise. If you'd like to learn more and contribute to the work that Carag does in the community, you can go to www.carag.co.uk, where you can read our blog and subscribe to our newsletter. You can also make a donation here if you wish to. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Our handle for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is at Coventry. So until the next episode of Still We Rise, thanks for joining us and goodbye.